2: Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. As always, you can listen to us on the PGP's podcast, Permission Granted. Just search that on your favorite podcast platform or on the normal DA Show podcast feed. That would be simply by searching the DA Show, get the best of. Get the full four hours or perhaps even get the PGP. Or this weekend, we'll have Sunday morning football up there as well. One-stop shop for all things podcast, DA show related. Just search the DA show on your favorite podcast platform. Boy, Meraz, this week started off with a bang. Labor Day, Monday, we're off. On this day, of all the things, Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, decides to try to lift bed. I'm not sure if it was the frame, the mattress, the box, screen, box spring, all of the above. Throws out his back. We find out late. I get a late text message. I mean, really late. On Monday night. In fact, I got it, I think, Tuesday morning when I woke up. Oh, Dark 30, getting ready for work. Vegas didn't even have time to move the line. I think. I think this is true. And Cap says, sorry, DA, I'm out. My back is shot. I can't even get up off the floor. Been on the floor for the last day. Can't even work remotely. Oh. Can't sit up at a desk, in a chair. So we're finally back with the simulcast working. Corporate had finally given us the engineering resources we need to fix everything. And Cap throws out his back. Now that first day, as we discussed on Tuesday's show, do you think it's possible that the stress of those two weeks of Cap trying to, to save the simulcast and maneuver with the engineering crew and corporate and get this up and running perhaps took its toll on the body and then he goes and does something silly like trying to to yank up a bed frame.
1: I think it's far too coincidental to not be the case, DA. I mean, he put the digital department on his back. He was stressing out every single day. He's carrying a heavy load of hair now on top of his head. True. Who knows if that's putting a little crack in the foundation as well. There have been a lot of breadcrumbs where maybe we should have seen this coming. Maybe we should have done a little load management with Cap. Maybe given him days off where we didn't see it. In fact, Cap, you talk about those days off. He gets up to the end of a grocery store line. People say, hey, can you donate to charity here? He says, no, no, I've already given my days back to the company. That's the kind of guy Cap is. You have to worry about this back, though, going forward. It puzzles me.
2: You do. And I do wonder whether we as a as a team, as a program, as a franchise, haven't done enough to develop a farm system under him.
1: Oh, we have not.
2: I mean, during the pandemic, during this summer, where was it get me, Sam Rubinoff? Why Why isn't Rubinoff in here taking some snaps for load management to get ready for if and when Caps' back did blow well, out?
1: Let's be real here. We had some bad drafts. We tried to develop <laughs> depth behind Andrew Kaplan, and we had some bad, bad drafts, and I think... You had a little bit of early Tom Coughlin and you ran some guys out of town. I don't think that necessarily helped. There began to be whispers. You don't want to get the job behind Cap. It's a no-win situation for you. I don't think it's an attractive job to be the backup to Andrew Kaplan. I I think people would rather sign for less money elsewhere (laughs) to do something else.
2: a devastating injury to suffer early in the season. Yeah, and and one that could linger, right? It's not even
1: about missing week one. It's about how it lingers. Is that something? Can you practice all week? Can you do all of this? And to lose an Andrew Kaplan, I mean, that is something where you can't find somebody, as we alluded to, off the waiver wire, salary cap problems and whatnot. It's not not what we needed. I do wonder, though, the details of that because he texts you – as you would say, late uh, late Monday night. I'm going to check. Early Tuesday morning. So here would be my question. Was he moving the bed late? But he said he hadn't gotten off the floor in two days. So did he wait to text so long, assuming he was going to be able to get off the floor?
2: Wow, well, look at this. Tuesday morning, 3.56 a.m. Okay. DA, yesterday threw my back out trying to lift something. I've been lying down to the floor doing exercises but not really able to move. Thought I'd still be able to do the show remotely, but I'm in pain. I don't think I'm going to be able to do so. Sorry for the late notice. So he tried
1: to wake up and game it out and then realized he didn't let the organization know of his ailments. He
2: was going to show up, you know, icy
1: hot patch on, ready to go, and he couldn't do it.
2: I said, hey, man, that's okay. Feel better. It sucks. Must hurt like hell. He goes, yeah, the pain is pretty bad. I said, what did you try to lift? My bed. I'm an idiot. <sighs> so, you,
1: you wonder, did they buy a new bed and he had to move the other one out? yeah. You know what's the
2: scenario? And okay, so he throws it out on Monday. Does the organization deserve an explanation on on Monday when it happens? Well, so we then we we couldn't get anybody else involved Tuesday morning cuz he only lets us know Tuesday morning.
1: But as we alluded to on Wednesday morning show, could we have gotten anybody else involved anyway? What's the yeah. So do you think Cap now, the wizard knows his own wizardry, knows his own value and says well, it doesn't matter if I let the organization know sooner. I'm just going to rest this out as long as possible and hope that I can give it a go on Tuesday morning and not even let the team know until it is too late because ultimately if he did let us know Monday, what would it have mattered?
2: I don't know. And that's and this left me with this really crazy feeling. Now, on Tuesday, he returned to work, which was a huge, huge win for us. And the simulcast was up. It was perfect. We had Shaq on the show on two on, on Wednesday, so that was crucial to gifts have gifts
1: of you hurting your knee, doing the fake knee stuff. He was I mean firing away.
2: Yeah. He was hitting on most most cylinders. Maybe not all cylinders, but most cylinders. And when you talk about that hurting the knee, I was I was pantomiming you at like block parties and at <laughs> events, how if something happens to you, you oftentimes play it up and I said like if you bang your knee on something, you're like, woo, woo, oh my gosh, <laughs> go crazy. You put that into a GIF. But I had this really odd feeling when I woke up on Tuesday and I got that text from Cap. There's no way to fix this. It was the sinking feeling of, you know, when the simulcast was out because the cameras weren't working correctly or this or that or we needed the audio or the engineers, I could always talk to a boss, send an email, and we I could effort in trying to get it fixed. I knew Cap every one of those days. Efforting to get it fixed. I knew that if things went right that day, we would get it back. We would try tomorrow to get it back. And in this case, I was like, there's nothing I can do. And there's nothing he can do. And we don't have a replacement. Helpless. That was it. It was helplessness. I can't fix this. He can't fix this because the back's going to fix itself, however. Right. Right back is a back. And you know from the back problems. I know. It's well documented. And we don't have a replacement. So if let's just say Cap got another job. Now, I don't know how he could possibly be paid more than he gets paid here. Right. <laughs> At this point, yeah. I mean, n- knowing payroll and how right. swiftly they get everything done. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine there's a better job than this one.
0: But let's say he left. What would we do? We'd be in
1: trouble. Well, first, you'd have to hope that the two-week notice got put in place. Right. And that we found somebody within three days to train for the other rest of the week and a half. And then we'd have to survive the early bumps and hope that the right hire was made in a replacement. The problem is, DA, yeah, you probably don't just need one person. You need two people. Because what if that one person or wasn't great or didn't get hurt or something like that? But I then know. this also comes into... You know like NFL drafts you best draft best player available or draft a position of need sometimes the best player available doesn't get to see the field as much because you have another player in that position so do we have to go hire somebody and then as a result cap's gotta work one less day or something like that just because you need the you know the reps for when something comes up it leads to a whole spiraling conundrum for it the show. really
2: does and it reminded me of us being the 90s Cowboys where they just ignored replacing all of the Hall of Famers, and when they got old, they fell off a cliff. You know, they win those three Super Bowls in four years, but, man, when Aikman goes down, there's no young quarterback there. Emmitt retires, there's no next running back. Michael Irvin's retires, and there's no next great wide receiver. They just fell off a cliff, 5-11, 5-11. We didn't do anything to develop anybody under cap. Nothing. The closest we came was get me Rubinoff. He knows the simulcast, but he hasn't worked the simulcast in probably two years.
1: Right, and the pandemic didn't help either because there was less availability for somebody to have home Correct. equipment. The way Cap did, it's it's troubling. It's troubling. Now, let me ask you and something. Sam has
2: moved on. I mean, he does some oh. stuff for us, but he does he would he wouldn't have time right. to then just do a full time simulcast. Well, what what I do wonder, and I'm thinking out loud
1: here, and maybe this is for the audience's ears, is
2: Cap doing Sunday morning football? That I don't know. I haven't had the conversation with him. I don't think we did it last year. I can't believe I don't remember this. But I think doing it at home, we didn't do the simulcast last year for Sunday morning football. Okay. I think that was, like, supposed to be Caps one day off. Gotcha. Okay. Because I was going to say,
1: and you would, I assume you're doing Sunday morning football shows from home. Correct. So that would require the home setups with the Zoom and everything else. Maybe that's a day where you we got to try to do the stream but have Cap work, give Cap a mm. Friday off, and then get somebody in studio to learn the equipment
2: here. Maybe Sunday morning football is a way for us to train the next guy. Right. The
1: only thing that could be a problem, again, though, is that yeah. it would be equipment from home that Cap has access to. So maybe if Cap's a five-day-a-week guy, not to put more work on his plate on a Sunday, do we get somebody else
2: in here that could work Wednesday show or give Cap mm. a Friday off
1: or something like that?
2: Or maybe this is the, the AAA of simulcast where you do Sunday morning football remotely. From home, you learn that side of things with graphics, et cetera, Mm -hmm. if you can. And then hopefully it translates here. Uh, Here's my question We've always said that Pete perhaps keeps things purposefully vague with his labeling system. (laughs) It's not perhaps. And makes training maybe purposefully difficult to enhance his value here. I could write a book on those training sessions. Is, Is it possible that Cap is doing the same thing? By not teaching anybody else, collecting well, all of the days, knowing the equipment, is it possible that they're just, he knows by not teaching anybody anything, I he's impossible to replace. I say no to that.
1: And the reason I say no to that is I have witnessed the evolution of Pete on the show and I've witnessed the evolution of Cap on the show. Cap did try to train people, and also Cap came in with like a pool of four young guys that we had here, and he just shined the best. It wasn't like he like we were given Cap. That's true. Cap rose above a group of others. was an open gentlemen. tryout. Right, it was an open tryout, and Cap was te- Was like somebody was training Cap. Cap was teaching himself things, and we kept getting amazed by how much he taught himself. He just had a knack for it. He really, in several ways, is like the Jacob DeGrom of the web stream, where. <laughs> Out of nowhere, you just realize, well, you can't replace somebody like this. So I don't think that he wouldn't be willing to train anybody. Is the word aptitude? Are you Yeah, taking up to this? there you go. I, I struggle with how much aptitude another person would have in learning all of this. And then as a result, how much are we on our side willing to accept a lesser version of the mm. stream? Because I, I don't think it's it's unfair to say somebody else filling in even if cap trained him everything it just still won't be the same on that version
2: point and you know that i i've got i've got a difficulty in in accepting a lower version of the show yes or effort that i find to not be up to par and i don't know how i would handle it i don't know (sighs) thankfully cap is back let's just hope that back does not flare up again because that's a real issue. I feel like I just did a fantasy football podcast for 11 minutes (laughs) on the value of teams and and PPRs and everything else. Number two, we've decided that Connor Green is going to be your competition in the season-long picks competition. Last two seasons, it was Super Dave. Prior to that, it was He Who Shall Not Be Named. Prior to that, it was James Ward. Prior to that, it was Kenny Brock. I think we nailed everybody there. I think so. Knowing it's Connor Green now, what's your initial reaction?
1: Well, I'm excited more than nervous. I'm excited because I guess I liked every single person I went against in a, a picks contest. But contrary to popular belief, I am a huge Connor Green fan. And I have <laughs> openly bowed down your grace and said, Connor, I think you're better than me at a lot of things. <laughs> One thing I don't think he's going to be better than me at is picking NFL games and, and the spreads and all of that. So even at worst case scenario for me, Connor Green takes over everything I've ever dreamed of in my career. If I could beat them and beat him in a picks contest, at least he could say, hey, screw you, pal. I'm still better at picking NFL games. So this is at least a part of me that could be excited to say, much like if you were to pick, you know, eight Olympic events, he could beat me at seven. He ain't beating me at this one. So it excites me to know I can play a strength. I think I'll be stronger than him at where he's stronger than me at other facets.
2: I think it sets up for this amazing storyline where you have the inherent built-in competitive advantage. You've been doing this on the show for, this will be your ninth season doing NFL picks, I think, eight or nine seasons. He's never made picks. I don't even know if he gambles. I don't think he gambles. Well, I would say frozen pizzas every night is a gamble. (laughs) So, So he might be better than you in everything he cannot be better than you in this, or else you have nothing.
1: Right. If he, who is not as big a gambler as I am, comes out and he beats me, and, and, and by the way, not even the disparity in past years of college football versus the NFL, where you can say, oh, it's easier to pick this one or the other one. No, we're going straight up NFL. If he's you know, throwing darts and I'm striking out, it 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 pants me. It really does. You would have no other advantage. There's far more pressure on me entering this. There, there no absolutely question. is. Absolutely is. But I'm also not nervous about that. I really, I, right here on the PGP, okay. I, I'm
2: not going to lose this. I am not nervous about this. I want this marked. September the 8th is when we're taping this, 2021. Mraz, quote, I'm not losing this. I'm not. I will not lose this. Absolutely
1: not. In fact, I'm I, looking at the lines, I, I find a hard time thinking I'm not going 3-0 my first
2: week. So why were you worried after the show, almost in a panic mode, of what the what i would decide the punishment might be because when i hear stuff involving career altering
1: <laughs> look i mean i i could i bet 3 games a week if if all you know it takes 6 games this year where somebody's tearing an acl in the first quarter and it messes up a bet maybe that swings the balance for me you know injuries happen things can get screwed up you could know everything and miracles can happen if a miracle <laughs> happens here and it's and the loss is career <laughs> altering yeah, it's a little different than basically my ass hanging out of Central Park with bird seeds
2: all over me. That wasn't career-altering. In fact, that was probably career-helping. Well, then you shouldn't be nervous about any punishment. You really shouldn't. You just got burst in on. <laughs>
1: that was like a, a sitcom scene.
2: What? Now, you can, you can can. this is a large, bearded, <laughs> long-haired man. They just burst into our studio. The man they call Big Zoo. Big Zoo. <laughs> and he's a he's a board op on WFAN. Right. And he
1: just did what Cosmo Kramer would do to Jerry's apartment, where you're in the middle of a conversation, Jerry and George and just giddies up on in. Did he do that because he was trying to get in here or he wanted to spook you? No, I don't think he was trying to spook me. My guess is he was trying to get in here for something. He responded, whoa, and just backed up quickly and got out. So he enters every room with a, in a yeah. fury. Right. No knock, no nothing. That was full speed. That was a train coming through. You might remember him By as, the way, if I lose this pick to Connor Green, that'll be the ominous dark cloud. The, <laughs> the big zoo bursts through right after I made the proclamation about I have nothing to worry about career altering. I just
2: looked at what career altering could be. That's the Grim Reaper.
1: <laughs> that image will be burned in me if I'm 0 for 3 in week one. <laughs>
2: That's the black cat running across the on-deck circle. <laughs> Big Zoo barging in going, whoa, right after I declare there's no way I'm losing. That's Steve Bartman with Moises Alou. You're <laughs> 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 fighting with him along the third baseline. Oh, I'll remember that image in December. So, our Big Zoo actually has a storyline of the show. You might remember that I had found a long hair, and mm. people wondered if perhaps it was his long hair. We ultimately decided it was Tiki and Tierney's makeup woman. Yes. Uh, so is that a storyline on the show that he's
1: had? <laughs> he didn't appear on the show to discuss whether it was his hair, but after seeing what his hair just looks like, I guess it's still distinctly
2: possible it was his. That's right. a
1: very loose character on the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like it was like how the gooch on Different Strokes was never shown. <laughs> <laughs> it was just talked about. He never actually appeared on camera. Okay, so uh, we're going to announce what the potential punishment will be on Thursday's show, and we'll see if you go for it. If you don't, of course, you can always renegotiate and, and come back with me with a, a second <laughs> renegotiation. But uh, okay, that's going to be on on uh, Thursday's show. All right, and is Connor Green appearing on Thursday's show for this? He can really do whatever we say because he's the new kid. Yeah. So he has to agree to anything.
1: Right, so if he has to put down the Nintendo 64 for a minute and dial on <laughs> in, and we got to do that.
2: So, we'll see. But uh, the picks competition is coming up fast and furiously. Uh, what's coming up on Side B? Side B, Bogish and I end
1: up in what I thought would be more of a funny conversation, but a very serious conversation about how I need to stop saying the things I'm saying no. about the giving the birth of my second child. So,
2: we'll see how it goes here on Side B. All right. All right. A frisky Side B. Here it is.
1: Welcome on into Side B, the PGP, and how are you? This is Marazzi, executive producer of the DA show and host here on Side B of the PGP, joined by my good friend, my brother, my man from Lincoln, Nebraska, Andrew Bogus. Bogus, hello, how are you? Oh, we're brothers
3: now. I'm doing very well, Sean. It's good to be back with you this week.
1: It is good to be back with you. So, big Wednesday show. I got myself into some hot water. You were very much in a disagreement with me, Bogues, on my thought process on the day your child is born. I've seen the, the daughter be born. I could be there day two to hold her. I'm I'm good. Wow. <laughs> by, by the way, Pete didn't like that last comment. Oof. I did too That was a tough
3: one I can be there for day two (laughs) Welcome aboard Peyton Happy to have you You got a great dad Yeah, I mean, seriously. I'm sure I'm going to like her, but, you know, day two I'm sure is just as good as day one. Where are the wings? So I miss opening day. So what? There's
1: 161 (laughs) other games. Exactly. (laughs) People get suspended for two games to start the year. They're back the rest of the year. You don't even realize come August. I'll get to know her on a weekend series with Tampa.
2: (laughs) Brady Brady got suspended for four games to start the season. They still won the Super Bowl.
0: Right.
1: Exactly. So what? (laughs) So have uh, Jacoby Brissett out there for the delivery.
2: (laughs) What do
0: you know?
1: I'll be, and there. DJ Tommy D. <laughs> I'll be there for the
2: christening. Jacoby Bursette doesn't have a job right now, I don't think, so why don't no. we get him at the delivery right. He'll get right in there on the center. Let's go. <laughs> you might
0: see DJ Tommy D more than your daughter in the first week.
1: <laughs> and, and you know how much I got yelled at in that delivery room? I'm watching the freaking Rams and Seahawks game. I mean, there's a lot of
0: yelling. So
3: turn the TV off. If there's your first problem. Well, your 19th problem. Get
0: yelled at in that Why are week. you so
3: I'm bad at this? <laughs>
1: He is so bad at you know what? it's horrible. <laughs> I'm just saying what everybody thinks when they're in that room. No, stop, stop that
3: saying people. that. Stop,
0: oh, stop making horrible you know decisions
1: not
3: and, wrong. Wrong. We, and bring all of us in. Not everyone says that, Sean. You said it. You said it. You've got to own it. Don't bring everybody else in to try and make yourself feel better. You said it. Own it. There's somebody
1: out in Topeka right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. No, they don't. That's <laughs> great. There are other horrible people. Congratulations. Deflection. And I think we just need to hammer out this into a little more detail because I do feel <laughs> like we need to come to some common ground here. My take was that the ultimate having your child is this great moment. It is the greatest moment in life. It truly is. I loved when my daughter Taylor was born. i will be very excited when my next daughter Peyton is born here in the coming weeks, days, whatever it may be. But I, I will stick my foot in the mud and say that day becomes – if it's a long day – where between water breaking and birth, like I had 16 hours, it becomes a lot of nothing actually, until the baby comes, and therefore becomes a lot of tasking and a lot of oh, the day is just brutal waiting for the culmination. And you tell me I'm nuts and I'm selfish.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, that's then that remains my point. Um, <laughs> hours later, now I guess for the record, um, my both of my kids were born. I, I, easy is not the right word, but, but we did not have these 16, 20, 24 hour horror stories. Um, in fact, when my daughter was born, my first child, my wife had to be woken up from a nap to to finish having her. That's, I guess, how oh. um, well things were, were progressing and on the easier side of things. So I guess, you know, I do lack some personal experience in the worst of these stories, but I still think even the worst of these stories. Um, as I said Wednesday morning on the show, is still better than and would prevent me from saying things like, but there was a Bills game on or but I should be in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> um, like, So I, I honestly, like not to be too whatever, I don't know that we're going to find a lot of common ground here <laughs> on this because I'm not really sure I'm ever going to see this the way – way that you see it.
1: Well, there's a couple things that need to be clarified. Of course I know I can't be in Boise, Idaho in that. That was a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff, and I would love to be in Boise, Idaho. My point on Boise was, of course, the game that is being chosen for the show to go to happens to line up where it's just right around the three weeks that I can't leave the area I'm in. As far as the day of, uh, of giving or of having birth goes, so maybe dads can relate to this or, or mothers who are here can relate to this. And if you haven't had a child yet, let me just give you a little quick background on how my day had to go. You had a very seamless birthing process. The day my daughter was born or it went into an overnight that she was born, I was led to believe through all of these movies, Bogues, that when the water breaks, okay, within a couple hours, you're going to have a child. That was not the case for my wife. Now, did you have, did you always believe that?
3: Um, I I don't know that I thought that it was like five minutes later, but I, but I knew that that was like the last piece of the puzzle, so to speak like that. And that was the official warning sign of like, if you're not at the hospital, you better be at one quickly.
1: Exactly. So I was led to believe I should be at one quickly. I could have gone about my day for another 12 hours. It still wouldn't have been an issue. So that was kind of, so maybe I had a different experience than others, but I will tell you this, the day that this happens, it turns out we find out from the doctors later on at night. The specific hospital that my daughter was born at, it was their busiest day in terms of numbers of child children born in three years. So think about that. So in the process, it's basically one doctor doing all the running around, and you're lined up like your, your plane's ready to take off the airport. And they're hmm. basically saying, you know, what, you know, not to get too gross, but the centimeters and the dilation and all of that, no matter how far along, if you were ready to get birth, like you have to hang tight here for another half hour, hour but getting to that process where you were going to be you know the plane in line to take off for lack of a better term it's a lot of boringness right my you know you know the wives can't eat so it's a lot of like the ice chips getting that it's a lot of pacing looking at your phone whatever tv is on in my case it happened to be an nfl triple header but there's not a lot going on there's not i mean yeah there was enough conversation but how much more can you talk about there's a lot of obviously it's painful for women it was just I found the day to become very much, it was highly anticipated. I couldn't wait for the end to be there and have my child, but that process to get there, I, I'm sorry, I found it brutal. Now, the payoff was well, great, but that's a long, 16 hours sitting in that room is a long day.
3: Sure, and you're sitting in a chair that's uncomfortable, but I, but again, like we have it easier no matter what than the lady, and still, even if I agree that it can be long and annoying and whatever... I'm still not gonna say the things that you've said <laughs> That's on the, the air. Problem. Everybody's afraid about... to say
1: it. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. No, because I don't
3: it. because I don't believe it. It's not that I'm afraid to say it. It's right. I don't believe it. Like I would not. Like I I would not. I would not care if I if I was you right now. I would have not said one bad thing or one even pretend negative about not being on the Boise trip. I just wouldn't because it would not matter because the most important thing would be being here with my wife. Right. I, 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 wife just, my wife it, knows i It just I'm is what it is. Not because I want to protect myself, because I don't feel it.
1: Well, of course I would rather be there for the birth of my child. My wife knows I'm kidding on that stuff, but the other stuff, I look, this is the old argument, right? When I complain about, let's say, the Yankees not winning a World Series for over 10 years, and you guys go, oh, you, you've won so much. How would you like to be a Lions fan? It's the old, why can't I complain too? Would I rather be me in that situation for 16 hours or my wife? I would rather be me. It doesn't mean I'm not going to complain about being me. It means she has the right to complain too. I'm sure that 16 hours was more miserable for her. And I'm sure we are both hoping for a much quicker solution this time around. But my my first experience was it was so great at the end. But I look back to those hours of counting down. and Boy, that is a long, miserable day.
3: I think the overriding kind of idea here is, at least in my head, um, and, I'm, and maybe you've gotten similar tweets. I've gotten some tweets when this has come up, like, thanking me for pushing back and, and Pete for pushing back on you for these comments. I, I think that they're, this is on the list of things that you shouldn't ever complain about. I um, get And it. I think, so I, so I put, but, but okay, but here's the thing. And, and a child I, again, is I'm a like,
1: miracle, and I, I went through a very difficult time having my first shot, so I know... How hard it could right. be, and all of that, but I'm allowed to add yeah, a little in the people, situation. Well, cause, well, so then maybe the problem is
3: is you're selling it too well because it doesn't sound always like levity. It sounds legitimately like you're bothered by all of this. Oh. Like so, I like and and I think that maybe is where like our lines are different. Like. Some things are funny. Some things sound real. And what's the thing like, you know, there's always some truth in every joke or whatever. Like, so like maybe you're too good at this because it does sound more than a joke sometimes.
1: All right. So maybe I need to pull back on. I mean, well, I guess it is a little more. I, I guess my point is I am saying the things in good natured form That I know are a funny twist on what people who have been in that situation go through, and I think it's a fair. uh, I think I just got jumped down my throat too much. I really did. I really did. Well, say again. I I think I
3: think that you also might again be lumping yourself into a bigger group than actually exists. Like, I don't know how many people would have said out loud on the radio that, like, I could be there for day two. Like, I don't like, I like, you said that. So, like, and that, and like, so, and I don't know that many people would feel that way. And even if there's, if there are many that, that more than I think there would be, I I don't know that that's a good group to be in either. Interesting. So, like, that, that's a, yeah. Like, it's just, just because you have company doesn't mean that it's right or better or good. Well, I'm not saying what I said is
1: right morally. I'm saying the argument we had, I'm just telling you. I'm speaking for a lot of men who would never say what I said because they know they'd get in trouble at home. That's all.
0: That's all. And I, you know, I, think yeah, my again, wife I, don't, knows. I don't. know
3: that that's a good thing because maybe you should get in trouble at home for saying those things because maybe you shouldn't feel them. Like, and I don't. Like, I, well, I don't I like feeling like a parent my wife here. being a saint, and
1: putting up with my nonsense too, which I respect. Yeah. Okay. But you could. T- you could t- taste the anger in Bogish's voice. All right, well, we had to do a follow up. No, follow-up. it's not anger. It's intense and angst. Side B of the PGP here Andrew Bogish. Very tense. I wanted to do a little follow up and I I felt like I got lectured. I got to be honest with you. You come off a private jet in Lincoln, Nebraska and you lectured me. Well, listen, I don't I, I don't it was not my intention
3: to lecture, but there is the problem is this is this becomes a very deep and like serious conversation like which again is about like that there's less levity involved in this than mm-hmm. than you think that, or or that that we are agreeing on the amount of levity here so like i can't not like lecture i guess at some point because i i and because i do, i just i feel strongly like there are times where it's, to be honest and we're getting real serious like it's it's been awkward because it feels like you really mean the things you're saying and like, I don't want your daughter to hear this one day in that, you know, when we're doing well, the best DA, you know, the 12 days of the last decade. And one of them is you being heartbroken that you're not going to Boise because you have to be there for her birth. I don't want her to hear that because that might not well, be a good thing to hear.
1: Then we finish on this Bogues. We could always go back <laughs> to this PGP and say, I am, I am more than happy to not go to Boise to be there for the birth of my daughter. She won't have to hate me forever. How about that? There we go. We did it, Peyton. All right. You we can follow, did it. You can follow Andrew Bogish at Andrew Bogish. We'll see in there. Search how to spell his name. It gets funky. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mraz CBS Bogish. Take care, buddy. And everybody. Are we I,
3: still brothers? We were brothers when this began. Are we still brothers we're now? We're still
1: brothers to buddy. And, okay, good. <laughs> and have a great week, everyone.